Hi, this is Mark, and welcome to a special edition of Wandering Retirement. We've got Ellie and Sarah back with us to talk about single life and retirement in the COVID time. And this is Ira. Uh, prior to COVID, we sat down with these two, and we just did um, a perspective on um, the single woman in retirement. And now we're uh, we thought before we released it, we we'd do a short segment on what it's like being a single woman alone retired during the COVID shutdown. So that's what it's all about. That's what we're going to do. So um, who wants to start? I can tell my my Red Cross experience. This is Sarah talking. Yes, this is Sarah. I live by myself, obviously. And I have, in this experience, gotten together socially distanced with several friends. We did videos and Zooms and things like that. And I did that with my kids and my mother and things like that. But basically, I'm by myself. I had been the only person in my house for several months. Um, the Red Cross was giving blood, was giving blood, was <laughs> asking for blood donations at the Y. And I heard about it and went, hmm, I haven't given you blood in a while, so I'll do that. And I sometimes can and sometimes can't, depending on my hemoglobin. But I went and it was very easy to do. I did all the questions online. Everything was massively sterilized. They all wore masks and gloves and I had on a mask and everyone was socially distanced, except where you could be. And I was, the process was good. I was going through it. And at one point, one of the nurses patted me on the arm and said, it'll be just a minute, we're gonna do something. And I suddenly thought, because being a nurse, the process of giving blood was just a process. That didn't mean a whole lot to me. But when she patted me on the arm, I thought that's the first human touch I've had in two months. And it was like, bam, I suddenly realized the impact of what this was doing. Hmm. And I don't think I'll ever forget that. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't the actual physical process. They had touched me, cleaning it off, doing all these things, taking my blood pressure. But when she patted my arm, it was a human touch. Yeah, an unnecessary human touch. That Did you say a necessary or an unnecessary? Unnecessary. Yeah, it was. I was like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that to me that was that probably epitomizes what it's like to be a single person, you know, quarantined at home or having to stay home as much as possible. Ellie, anything? Well, I didn't find a, a great impact on me personally. Um, it was in the season where I wouldn't be going out and I was looking forward to the coming of warm weather. But I, I don't mind being alone without anybody to talk to or touch. It's my choice. It's how I choose to live. And I, I, but I'm very connected online with people, uh, texting and Facebook and telephone. Uh, so it it hasn't been a problem. What I became in, emotionally involved is with what's happening to all the people around me and a, around the world and um, a sadness for particularly younger people who are finishing up school or starting something. Uh, uh, I, I felt for that. 
and I became a news junkie. I am a news junkie anyhow, and uh, I just found it very interesting to watch the movement of this virus around the world and the and the data. I'm I'm very much a information person, so it was interesting for me. So do, let's just talk about practicalities for just a second. Shopping, yeah. you know, uh, Ellie. I know just recently you went to the dentist. Were there any like first question? I guess to both of you, did you go shopping or did you have somebody shop for you? I went shopping. I go to Lepinks because it's small. I can get in and out easily. And I have been to Meyer once. Even even now, I've been in there once. Did you change your shopping habits? You go less frequently, or you know? I yeah. I don't just all of a sudden say, "Oh heck, maybe I'll get this for dinner tonight and run to the store." I go and I get what I need, and I actually probably go once every eight to ten days. Ellie, how about you? Well, early on in uh, stores, particularly Meyer. Uh, announced early hours for seniors and vulnerable people on Tuesday and Thursday, I believe. So I thought, that's what I'll do. I went there at seven in the morning and the parking lot was packed. And I went in stairs and there were all these old people there. <laughs> yep. So I, that's the only time I did any special shopping. And I have no qualms about going to the grocery store. I go with my mask and I have no concerns about it. I do find late in the evening, 8, 830, uh, there aren't as many people in a place like Myers, Meyer. <laughs> but I do want to say that Leppings is a delightful place to shop too. And uh, that's always nice. I went Monday morning at about nine o'clock this week and it was really nice in fact there were more employees than there were customers in the store mm -hmm. so that was that was kind of nice i wanted to say something about what you said ellie about concern about people younger people and what's happening with covid and all of that because i am thinking on the other end of the spectrum of my mother who turned 100 in january yeah and i have seen her in person twice since then once was when her best friend died and this was in before we got put into stay at home but i could only go in and be with my mom because i demanded it because i'd known the woman for a long time and my mother had obviously too but they had closed down her facility to visitors and so i went and spent two days with her and helped her get through that and then i didn't see her again until about two weeks ago and my daughter and I met in Kalamazoo and talked to my mother for 45 minutes. She sat inside the building and we sat outside in chairs and talked through the window. But she, since she turned 100, has not been able to see or touch her family other than video. And she, it's starting to get to her that this may be the rest of my life. And that, I mean, I just think that there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing we can do. I'm, I'm, we're gonna go see her again, the way that we are able to. They have no COVID at her facility and they're doing an excellent job. I don't fault them for anything. And we get to FaceTime with her once a week that they've arranged for us. So my family and I FaceTime with her, but the impact here, she's lived a hundred years and her last days may be 
by herself in her apartment. What so. a terrible thought, honestly. What a terrible <laughs> thought. Yeah, and that's what makes it, I think that's what makes it, I could, I choose to live by myself too, Ellie. I don't mind living by myself. I don't mind talk, not talking to people. I've got books, I'm okay, you know? But to have that not be your choice at the end of your life is like, good. So I know that you both live alone, choose to live alone. In circumstances like this though, where the risk of a contagious disease is so much higher, do you think about if I were to get sick, what's who's going to take care of me? What's going to happen there? Because I'm alone. I mean, I've got Valerie. Valerie, I you know, unless we both get sick, we're going to take care of each other. Um, when you're living alone, how does that affect your psyche? Does it, or don't you think about it, or you figure oh, it'll just happen? I'll let you go, Ellie. Oh, that's a reality, but it it doesn't occur to me. I I don't think about it. You don't dwell on it. Okay. My father lived to be a hundred and almost 105 and I'm 84. So, uh, and I decided to stay in this house until I can't. And I was going to go into a congregate living situation a couple years ago. And I'm so glad I didn't. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'll do, but I, I, no, it doesn't occur to me. And my family's not, I have a son, um, in Grand Rapids and, you know, he, he and his um, girlfriend have come to see me a couple of times with their masks, but I don't have any other family around. And I think about it every once in a while. And then I think, well, I'm going to be doing everything I can to prevent myself from getting it. And if I get it, I get it. But I think that my daughter would, in Lansing would probably help. My friends would help if I really, really needed it. But I'm not going to get it. <laughs> I'm going to continue to protect myself and others from whatever. I'm not going to either because I'm going to be careful, but there's a lot of, I'll use the word, there's a lot of jerks out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and they make it hard for us not to think about getting it. Oh, because definitely. Because they just don't care. Yep, and there are a lot of them downtown Grand Haven. <laughs> <laughs> and downtown oh, really? Clarksville and at Turks in Nunica, you know, they're they're everywhere. I'm, and I'm not narrowing out anybody, especially Turks. They've been great to us. So, and I don't want to dwell on it all the time either. I don't want to live my life in fear. I think that that's that's what the world is now. But it is a reality. There's a little more fear. It certainly makes a difference. And one of my friends was talking about a friend of hers who said doesn't share a whole lot of things, um, but they noticed when they were talking with her, like in a group like this, that she wasn't saying very much and they said you're awfully quiet and she just said it's just so hard and and she's a physician so she's you know an educated person who's used to being around people and helping people and things and she said it's so hard because you can't do anything spontaneously anymore yeah you have to think every step of what you're going to do it, it isn't like today i went to pick up a patio umbrella at Sam's. And I thought, gee, I should call Kathy Smith, see if she wants to, you know, as in my mind, call Kathy, see if she wants to write up with me. And I thought, I can't do that, you know? Why you know? not? Why not? Don't you, don't you go places with any friends? Yes, but it, we each go in our own cars. Oh, see, we go in the back seat. I, I am not riding with anybody. My daughter was in my house this weekend 
-hmm. she came over and we went for a walk and we got sushi and then she left you do front seat back seat ellie yeah that's basically in fact i got my friend connie holly from the um airport last thursday uh she has a place in fort myers and uh, i text and I, she sat in the back seat and I thought, well, I'm bringing home someone who's been on an airplane. That could be interesting. Yeah. Um, but she sat in the back seat. And then I texted my group. And when we got to her condo, there were eight other people all in chairs on her front lawn to welcome her home. And we had our, our little tribe together, but socially distanced. And we had uh, wine or whatever anybody wanted. And we had a little party. Is she quarantining for two weeks? Because um, she's been in Florida and she's been on an airplane. I can't believe yeah. it would get near her. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, well, she's not going anyplace. I have been yeah. there. In fact, I was there last night. So um, I guess I'm not as careful as some. Well, no, I, I think everyone makes their own choices. You know, mm -hmm. you have to do that. And, yeah. and that's, that's what it is. And I have another group uh, that I've been with group of 12 people we meet twice a month we were we are going to have a meeting again finally in somebody's backyard and one of our people insists that we wear masks and so we will all wear masks we might not otherwise but since she requested it we will yeah. there are several couple groups that i hang out with that have gotten together without masks outside socially distant our group therapy group that meets on Tuesdays, usually at the American Legion for a glass of wine. Um, we, we Zoomed until we were able to get on somebody's deck and be far enough apart to be able to, and be outside. So yeah. But that's just in the last two weeks. I mean, that just started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mine has been the last week or so, yeah. MLive just had a article yesterday or today that rated like 15, 20 different activities on the risk level. I, I just thought that was that. fascinating. Being inside in close proximity is the danger. Uh -huh. Outside and social distancing. And they really downplayed surfaces. I, you know, I, I was always concerned about surfaces, but not a big deal. Like if I touched a keypad with my credit card or something and i'd be thinking well i touched the foreign surface but they're saying not a big deal so anyway if you have access to mlive it's a good article all right um i don't know if anybody has anything else they want to share i really really appreciate you guys taking some time and sharing what you have shared is there anything else anybody wants to talk about too much television not <laughs> daytime even too much television and too much social media yes get away from that Yes. And they but thank it, goodness for it. <laughs> and they also. call it COVID-19 because we're all putting on at least 19 pounds. I haven't. Oh, I'm, I haven't either, but it's easy to eat and it's easy to not do anything. But Comfort food. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, I want to thank you, Ellie and Sarah, for taking the time to join us again. Uh, we're just going to add this on, not on to that uh, last podcast, but just it'll be the second podcast or the one right after it. So thank you guys for joining us. And Ira, do you want to close us here for a second? Yeah, I guess the main thing is to remember that this is wandering retirement, but remember not all who, all who wander are lost. Peace out.